I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 388. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes we just need an upbeat song to lift our heads from difficult circumstances and sorrow. And Dante Bowe's song, Joyful, fits the bill. I love what he said about it, however. He said, joy is so different than happiness. While happiness is that temporary feeling created by circumstance, joy isn't based on anything other than truth. Ah, I happen to agree. And I can't wait to dive into truth inspired by this song. But first, let's listen. This is the day that the Lord has made And I ain't gonna let it slip away I'm gonna be joyful Yes I am, yes I am I'm gonna be phrase in the lyrics jumped out at me this week and it sent me over to Psalm 118 to soak for a while. And the phrase is, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now that comes from verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And there's the joy we sing along with Dante about. We are choosing joy. Let us rejoice. And as we explore Psalm 118 together, we will discover that there is much to rejoice over despite pain and sorrow all around us. So I started out this week taking the bite of, or taking the bites really of reading the psalm in context, which just means reading it all the way through. And then I took the bite of repetition and added in the bite of reading in a variety of translations. And if you're new here, you're saying, what are all these bites? Well, this is just an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are the tools and habits I use to interact with God's Word. Because I don't just want to read God's Word, I want to interact with it. I want to experience it in a variety of ways so that I can remember it better and understand it deeply and apply it fully to my life. So what was my approach with this psalm? Well, I have a variety of tools that I use, and if you've been a listener for long, you know I have some tried and true go-to habits because they work, right? So especially with the Psalms, with the exception of Psalm 119, I actually try to make sure I study the entire Psalm. This is reading in context, meaning I'm not going to take a verse or two out of the Psalm without considering it in the context of the whole. Then I'm going to read it repetitively. Repetition is another bite. I read it repetitively generally once a day, maybe once in the morning and once in the evening. One good tip is to trade out a at least one mindless scrolling session on social media for a quick read through. 
And repetition helps bring it to the land of familiarity. It will help you identify phrases or thoughts that maybe you hadn't seen on the first read. The text will start to sink in. You'll be able to see the psalm as a whole and see themes and identify sections, etc. I also find it's a good bite because perhaps I don't have time to pull out a study Bible every day, but I can read and reread the text a couple of times a day. And surely at least one of those times I'm actually engaged. I'm just trying to be honest. Maybe that's just me. Sometimes I find myself reading the words, but not really reading and internalizing or listening to what it's saying. So repetition gives me a better chance statistically to really read it at least a few times before I start to interact with the text further. I'm going to double up my bite of repetition by adding the bite of reading in various translations. So I'll read in the English Standard Version, the New International Version, the New Living Translation, the New New American Standard. Sometimes I read in the King James Version because that's the version I grew up reading. Um, every once in a while, I will throw in the message. I do want to say I recognize it. It's a paraphrase. It really should be relegated to commentary reading. As long as I remember that, I can safely read the message. I personally didn't do this part this week, but you can easily add in the bite of listening to an audio version of the text as well. I find this useful when I am sitting in a section of scripture, a chapter or a few chapters, especially like a psalm itself contained in that one chapter. So throughout my reading and rereading of this psalm, there were some phrases that really jumped out at me that I meditated on. And that's another bite, meditation. Now what I mean by meditation is to ponder on or to think deeply about scripture. I let it roll around in my head a bit and I let it really sink in. The first thing that jumped out at me as I began to read through this psalm was that the psalm begins and ends with the same phrase, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. So that repetition in scripture, that book ending of everything else in between. So the first verse of the psalm says that and the last verse of the psalm says that. That's something I want to keep in mind as I continue to ponder additional phrases that pop out. Phrases like verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when other people have mischaracterized me. Uh, I've been falsely accused. I've had people even try to undermine me as a person, as a boss, as a friend, or even as a fellow church member. It hurts. And sometimes it seems like no number of words or explanations can really get you out of the situation. One time, a fellow Christian kept a record of wrongs against me and brought a detailed account to someone in authority over me. I desperately wanted my authority to be on my side. But really what I need is the Lord on my side. And when we walk in uprightness and we follow the path of righteousness laid out by God, by our God and Savior, we can, we can be sure he's on our side and therefore we should not fear. The, the psalmist asks, what can man do to me? Well, he can do a lot. He can cause me to get fired. He can ruin my relationship with others. He can cause great damage. Make no mistake. But he cannot affect my eternal security in Christ. My tendency is to fear the result of what man might do to me. God wants me to remember that I will ultimately be victorious, maybe not in the moment, but in all the ways that really count. And when I remember that, 
that more than being on my side, I'm on his side and I identify with him and his sovereignty allows me to walk through it all without fear. He is on my side. Or how about verse eight? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Uh, Interesting. It's kind of like the flip side of that coin, right? So many times we want the people around us to respond differently. We get really bent out of shape when they don't respond in wisdom because we just know that their decision is messing everything up. Have you ever felt that way? (laughs) When you feel yourself getting off kilter to the extreme, I'm not talking about rightly discerning a situation and dealing with disappointment in others, but when it really gets you worked up, perhaps there's a root of wanting to take refuge in man. It could be a lot of things, but I find sometimes I want to put my trust in man. I get it. It's just, it's hard to always determine exactly what God is and is not doing in a situation, but it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And isn't the phrasing of this verse interesting? Taking refuge in God, finding shelter, snuggling into that safe place in the arms of our Savior is in direct contrast to putting our trust in man. And I can think of a thousand examples, whether it's relationships, politics, business, and more. Uh, Let me just ask you, where are you putting more trust in man than in God? All right, how about verse 14? The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now, this verse jumps off the page for me because I've done some extensive study um, in another area of scripture where this verse comes from. I spoke at a women's conference where this was the theme, but it came from Exodus 15 when the people of Israel were dramatically rescued by God from 400 plus years of slavery, which brings me to my next bite. Especially with this this psalm, if you've ever wanted to get good at exploring cross-references, if you've ever said, man, what I really need to do is just practice, this is the psalm to use. The Bible interaction tool exercise of following the cross-references will begin to make the Bible come alive for you. You'll begin to see how interconnected it is. And when you don't know where to study next, taking this bite might take you on a quest throughout Scripture that will lead you to new and exciting discoveries for you. So let me share a few cross-references that might pique your interest to start exploring new sections of Scripture, and let me describe how I find them. So first of all, if you have a study Bible, oftentimes there will be cross-references in the margin or the footer. Just follow them like a Bible drill game. So you just look down, you see the cross-reference, and you head over to Matthew, if that's where it says to go. Another way is to use BibleHub.com. It's one of my favorite online tools or your favorite on- online tool. But when you look up an individual verse in BibleHub, you see that verse in a variety of translations. That's super helpful for that other bite that we were talking about. And then off to the right on the desktop version is a listing of cross-references. So if you click on an individual verse off to the right, you will see cross-references. You click on it over there and it'll take you there. So don't forget once you're in that new place though, to follow the bite of reading in context, taking in larger chunks of scripture, um, and doing following all the same kind of really good habits that you do anytime you approach scripture. For example, let's just give an example. Verse five says, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. So when I click on that verse and I look at cross references over to the right, I see second Chronicles chapter 33, verse 12 says, 
But while in deep distress, so there's that word distress, Manasseh sought the Lord his God, so he called on God, and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. Now there's a guy you could learn more about by reading in Kings and Chronicles. You can really dig into his story, all because you followed the cross-reference to a phrase found in a song. Hmm, sounds like what we're doing on the podcast, right? So again, I would probably not just stay right there in Second Chronicles 33. I'd probably do more of a character study or a, a, a biography study on Manasseh and see what I could learn about him. All right, well, how about verse six? Uh, that's something we were already pondering. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, if I follow one of the cross references, I, it takes me to Romans chapter eight, where I read this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And when I keep reading in context here in Romans, I see some more questions. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all uh, for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, not only does chasing down this cross-reference encourage us further, I hope you felt encouraged by hearing the truth of, of God's word right there, it also challenges us how we read this verse. So again, it's not a promise that God takes our side as as in even if we're wrong in our thinking, he's always taking our side. It's not a promise that man can't touch us. No, it's a promise that even in the midst of our distress, we cannot be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I mentioned uh, verse 15 comes from Exodus 15. And then uh, verse 22, Jesus quotes that about himself in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the apostles mention it in Acts and several epistles. It's the one about the stone the builders rejected. Verse 26, it's where the people in Jerusalem cry out when Jesus makes his triumphal entry. You can read that in all four Gospels. And these are just a few examples of chasing down the cross-references from this psalm. It's really kind of exciting. I hope you take the challenge. Now, this week I took the bite of consulting a few outside resources. I grabbed a book off my shelf that was given to me by a friend. It highlights a psalm or part of a psalm every day for a year. And it was in this book that I learned that Martin Luther kept verse 17 posted on his wall. I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done is what that verse says. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Martin Luther stood up to the religious elite in his lifetime. And in so doing, he was 
His life was constantly in danger. So yes, meditating on a verse of scripture can bring comfort uh, when your life is in danger. Uh, one that says, I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done can be very inspiring. Now, John Wycliffe often quoted that verse as well. A couple of hundred years prior to Luther's time, he had the audacity to translate the Bible into English, which cost him his friends and his influence, if you can believe that. Uh, William Cowper, an 18th century poet and author of hymns that you and I would recognize today, found comfort in verse 6 that we've talked about already today. The Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Now, another outside resource I referenced is my trusty study Bibles. I was, it was in the study notes of the New Living Translation Filament Bible where I learned that this psalm is the last of a series of psalms used by Jews during Passover. So Psalms 113 through 118 are known as the Egyptian Hallels. Hallel just means praise. And Psalm 118 is in the set of songs recited after the Passover meal. And then it was in the study notes of the English Standard uh, Version, the ESV Study Bible, where I read up on the history of the psalm, when it was used and where, where it was highlighted, um, when, when you might have heard it. We've talked some about, about that already. It was evidently recited by the crowds when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. We saw that in our little cross-reference quest. But interestingly enough, the point was made that this was the last psalm Jesus sang at the Last Supper with his disciples before they left for Gethsemane. Wow, what a thought. If nothing else, I've said encourages you to spend some time in Psalm 118 this week. I hope that thought does, and you keep that in the back of your mind as you're reading these words and recognizing that they are a song that they would have sung. The conclusion of the study notes is something that I want to leave with you today. It says, God's many acts of deliverance show that his steadfast love endures forever and is not limited to one generation. And that means you and me. His steadfast love toward you and me has endured and it will continue forever. He will continue to act in line with his character by delivering us. He has already delivered us, right, from the power and punishment of sin in our lives, and he will continue to deliver us. So as we began this uh, episode with that thought, I pray that we can end this episode with that thought. His steadfast love endures forever. So what's next? Well, read Psalm 118 for yourself. Read it repetitively. Read it in several translations. Choose some verses maybe to meditate on and even perhaps commit to memory. Sit down one day, uh, pull out the study Bibles, chase down some cross-references, explore a connection you may never have seen before. I realize that that takes um, kind of an, an effort. It takes some time to set aside. But if you make it your daily habit to be reading or listening to repetitively this psalm, then when you do sit down to really interact with it, to really engage with it, I think you'll find it very meaningful. And remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Don't forget to rejoice and be glad in it. 
And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public page on Facebook is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. And NewReleaseToday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online, existing to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm super excited to be a part of this network. I hope you check them out. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in, so you just submit your name and email address. You go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 30-day challenge, and you're in. I send you a quick email every day for 30 days, giving you resources and thoughts to think about um, and that keep you connected to the challenge and to God's Word. Now, there is still time also to register for the Cultivate Conference. I've been talking about this for a few weeks. This is a conference for women where I will be the keynote speaker in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's on September 10th and 11th. You can learn more about the conference by clicking on the link at my website at michellekneesat.com, and I have a speaking and scheduled events tab. I know I have a lot of Louisiana listeners, but even if you're from a land far, far away, I would really love for you to come to this event. You're going to love Lafayette. It's in the heart of Cajun country with the best food, wonderful culture. We are going to be talking about cultivating wonder in our walk with the Lord, and tickets are limited. So if you do plan to come, I hope that you'll make your plans today. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Chloe from the UK, Lucy from Tennessee, Christina from Maryland, Elaine from Texas, Kim from New Zealand, Robbie from Louisiana, Karen from Washington, and Karen from the UK. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've talked about on the podcast. Some of the ones I talked about today are on that list. It's a really great place to start. And subscribers also benefit from an email that I send once a week where you'll get a memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, all the extra additional resources and links that I talk about on the podcast. I take notes for you and I send them to you straight to your inbox just for you. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesot.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Oh, this really encourages me. It really does. But it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com. Through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using My Jesus by Ann Wilson to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 388. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.